You're listening to the Spirit and Truth Podcast. This is an interview that Matt recently recorded with Dr. Steve Siemens, Professor Emeritus of Christian Doctrine from Asbury Theological Seminary about his new book coming out, Follow the Healer. Remember to hit that subscribe button wherever you're listening to this podcast and share this episode with a friend. All right. Well, uh, welcome back to the Spirit and Truth podcast. I'm Matt Reynolds, and I'm here today uh, with someone that I love very much, uh, Dr. Steve Siemens, who is the uh, Emeritus Professor of Christian Doctrine at Asbury Theological Seminary. And I actually got to have Dr. Siemens for class uh, a number of years back when I was in seminary, and um, he's been a friend of Spirit and Truth and uh spoke at our last conference, and so I'm just uh, delighted to get to connect with him again. Welcome to the Spirit and Truth Podcast, Demons. Uh, thank you so much, Matt, and it's sure good to see you again. Uh, we had a we had a fun time together at our uh, conference this spring, and that was a real blessing for us to have you there, so always glad to connect with you. Amen, yeah. Well, um, we were just talking before we started recording about this uh, new book project that I'm really excited about this. And I I really sense the Lord is stirring up this hunger for healing within the church. And uh, you uh, are working on or have written a new book called Follow the Healer. It comes out, uh, it's a combination project with Zondervan and Seedbed coming out in September and I wonder if you could just tell us a little bit about that. Um, Why did you decide to write this book? And, you know, who who's your intended audience? Is this kind of a, is this for, for all Christians? Or what are you hoping, who, who will latch on to this book on healing? Well, um, I think anyone that has an interest in healing will find a lot in this book that would be uh, uh, helpful and useful to them. Uh, but I've really written it. I think primarily for people who who feel called to some form of healing ministry, um, maybe where they're just a small group leader, um, where they pray for people, uh, and there's oftentimes healing needs that emerge, you know, uh, because so many people have healing needs today. There's so much brokenness and hurt out there, uh, but also in the life of the local church, those that are called to kind of... Uh, really focus on healing ministry. Um, I pray that this book would be useful to them and and to pastors and leaders who are shepherding congregations uh, who want to see healing ministry flourish in the context of their local church and maybe don't really know or understand much about it. so I've kind of, I, 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 that's my real focus. And really what this is, the subtitle of the book, Matt, is um, Biblical and Theological Foundations for Healing Ministry. Mm-hmm. Um, I uh, actually have been involved in healing prayer ministry for really about 40 years now and engaged a lot in uh, praying, particularly for seminary students and their healing needs because I was a professor at Asbury for 35 years before I retired. Um, So um, I've been involved in the practice of healing ministry, but then about 15 years ago, I started teaching a course on healing 
at Asbury Seminary. There was already a course that was being taught, and the man that taught taught it retired. Um, and uh, so I decided to sort of take up the mantle, as it were, uh, based on my experience. And so I started teaching this course called The Theology and Practice of Healing. Mm-hmm. And in a way, uh, God was preparing me, I think, through the teaching of that course to write this book, because um, what I'm really focusing on in this book is not so much the how-tos of healing ministry. Yeah. Uh, be, uh, you know, how there, there's just a lot of practical things that uh, we need to do and understand if we're going to engage in healing prayer with people and healing ministry. Um, but what I find is a lot of times people who engage in healing ministry, they learn some of those things, they get involved in the practice, but they don't really have a very good theological framework mm-hmm. out of which they are working. Yeah. And it seems as if it, it seems like it's really important, Matt, to me, uh, that you understand the why to's as well as the how to's. Yeah. And, and in fact, the why to's really produce the, you know, they pre- pre- create the context for the how to's. And, uh, and they really affect the way we go about the practice of healing ministry. Now, you know, um, for, for, for some people, healing, healing ministry has a bad name. Yeah. You know, they've they've seen uh, excesses and well-meaning people uh, who perhaps have experienced some healing, but in terms of how they go about it, there's, you know, that it's distorted. It, it's 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 just it's just not uh, healthy and wholesome the way they do healing ministry, and I believe that that's part of the reason why some people avoid it because they've seen extremes. Yeah. And. Um, Yet, um, yeah, I think if you understand the why tos, it will help you to do this in a way that's fruitful and flourishing, and will really build up the body of Christ. And if I could just give you one example, yeah, uh, for for many people when they think about healing ministry, they they think about. Uh, healing flowing out of God's power. God does powerful things when he heals folks. And we think about the healing miracles of Jesus. You know, he raises Lazarus from the dead. I mean, uh, what's more powerful than that? <laughs> right. It is powerful. Uh, but I'm convinced that ultimately healing is more about God's love mm. than it is about God's power. Mm. Uh, and uh, actually, if you go back to the Lazarus story, three times in that story, uh, we're told that Jesus loved Lazarus. Yeah, that's right. Yeah. And uh, and 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 so and Jesus wept. That's where we find he that. Shed the tears. You know, right, that's right. So he flows. His 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 power flows out of his love. Yeah. Now, if you understand that, then that's going to shape, for example. Uh, when you pray for people, in a sense, what you want to ultimately see happen, regardless of how they are healed or not healed, the way you perhaps they want to be healed. But uh, what what I want to see happen most of all, what I think we should want to see happen most of all, is that this person experienced God's love. 
Yeah. When we pray for them. Yeah. You know. That's good. Yeah. And if you and if you and if you see it about love, then um, you're gonna you're gonna treat them in a loving way. Yeah. So you know, people have told me stories about how you know when they got prayed for, they got pushed over, and sure. Uh, one guy even said, you know, when he went up to pray for him, he said they they literally karate chopped me. <laughs> yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know, I mean, that, but see, those are kind of really uh, getting focused on and enamored with power. Right. Then leads to bad things in practice. Yeah. So I've tried to write a book about things like healing and the love of God and uh uh, and I could share some other ideas, but just that gives you an idea of why I think it's important to understand the why twos. Yeah, that's good. In addition to you know the just the the how tos. Yeah, I feel like uh, in our ministry of spirit and truth, I encounter around the topic of healing in particular, kind of two different. It's like two ditches on each side of the road. You encounter people who are kind of obsessed with healing it's the ultimate and only yeah. expression of God's power. You know, there's, there's certain charismatic circles where it's like, that's every service is just about physical, particularly physical healing. And then right. on the other side, uh, people who are skeptical of any kind of healing, you know, like, right. and probably whether they've had bad experiences, like you've described, or just been formed in sort of a theology that um, doesn't maybe have a place for God's direct intervention in in the world in that way. Uh, but it doesn't seem to me either one of those is right. You know, like, uh, we don't want to fall in either one of those ditches. So perhaps that what you're getting at, I think this kind of real foundation and sort of theological framework can help help to keep us, you know, centered in Christ in the midst of, in, in how that's expressed in healing ministry. Yeah. Um, and, um, I, I wrote a chapter called healing in the kingdom of God, because, you know, if you look at the healing ministry of Jesus, it's, it's closely connected to his announcement of the kingdom. Mm, right. In addition to preaching and proclaiming the, the kingdom, uh, he, he demonstrates it. Yeah. It's both word and deed and his healing miracles are the chief sort of prima facie evidence that the kingdom of God is at hand. It's come, you know, but the thing about the kingdom, Jesus talks about the mystery of the kingdom. The kingdom is both already, it's here, it's now, it's today, uh, but it's also not yet. Yeah. And yeah. that, of course, was something that actually Jesus' own disciples uh, didn't understand very clearly, but but you see, if you can understand that already not yet concept uh, well about the kingdom, then you're going to both believe in the possibility and the reality of supernatural healing. It's now. It's it's not just someday. It's today. Yeah. But but it's but it's also not yet, and there are some things and. Uh, and so you live in that tension in healing ministry. And some people, I think, overbelieve in the alreadiness of the kingdom. Yeah. And then others underbelieve in the alreadiness of the kingdom. <laughs> yeah. And yeah. then there's the, sometimes the folks that already that believe it's already it's all already, they tend to not understand the not yet very well. Yeah. 
And then for other people, it's just all not yet. Yeah. You know, they're waiting, you know? <laughs> That's right. And so it's kind of living in that tension. Right. And, 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 uh, and, but you see, I think for those of us in healing ministry, it really helps us to under, to, to get a grasp of that. And I really do hope, uh, Matt, that this book, uh, you know, I've, I've kind of wit- written out of my own, uh, out of my own, our own Wesleyan context. And what I'm hoping this book will do is that it will, it will help evangelicals like the tradition I grew up in. Um, you know, we were strong on doctors and medicine for healing. And we were also, we also believed, you know, that God gave people grace and suffering, but we didn't believe much in supernatural healing. Yeah. Yeah. So I'm hoping that this book will encourage those folks to be more open. But then I'm also hoping that this book will help charismatics and Pentecostals who have often been gung ho about healing and thank God that they've, you know, brought that focus to yeah. us. But Sometimes they are not as discerning as they need to be. Right. And they overbelieve, you might just say. Right. And so I'm hoping this book can can help them, you might just say, ground their their practice of healing better biblically and theologically and, and just serve as a better foundation for it. And that as a result of all that, the whole body of Christ can can, you might just say, engage and join Jesus more than ever before in his ongoing healing ministry. Amen. Yeah, that's beautiful. You know, I've, I've joked before with some of the churches that I've been involved with and experienced over the years um, that would say that they believe in healing, but it's not really, you know, in evangelical circles, that's not a big uh, focus. And I always kind of joke, I was like, well, we have, we we're prayerless it's really the length of time that God heals is our issue. You know, as long as he heals over a course of a few months, we're totally fine with it. But if right. he, he heals in a few seconds, then I'm really weirded out, you know, yeah. and uh, that just always kind of cracks me up. It's really, we'll pray for people to be healed. It's just the the more instant results that we have trouble with. So, uh, yeah. But and I, actually that uh, I, th- there's a chapter in this book called the five ways Jesus heals. And um, so Jesus heals through direct supernatural healing. Jesus heals through doctors and medicine. Jesus heals through the healing powers of the human body. He's created us Mm. so that we have this propensity toward healing. You know, just cut yourself. And unless you're a hemophiliac, (laughs) your blood's going to start coagulating, right? Right. Okay. And uh, Jesus, so Jesus heals. Through, a lot of times when I'm doing healing prayer ministry, I'm trying to get rid of some things, maybe like things like unforgiveness and bitterness and things like that in people. And oftentimes when we deal with that, we get rid of something and then their human, then their body just kicks in and gets to do what it was created to do. Yeah. And I've seen people healed physically for things that they didn't even, they weren't even praying much about the physical part of it. But as they let go of resentment, then the body could do what it's designed to do. But there's that dimension. Of, that's the third way Jesus heals through the healing power of the body. Then the fourth is Jesus heals um, through sufficient grace. Paul, you know, talks about that thorn in the flesh. Mm. 
and Jesus doesn't take it away, even though he prays for it to be taken. But he says, my grace is sufficient for you. Yeah. And and he, and he gives he gives him joy and 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 victory in the midst of a thorn in the flesh. Yeah, right. uh, lastly, Jesus heals through victorious dying. Mm. You know, and mm. uh, it's interesting. So, you know, the question really is not, you know, does God will to heal? But which way does God want to heal? And maybe it's a combination of these things, sure. you know, yeah. but, but you're right. I, I think I came out of a tradition that was okay with a couple of those, but yeah. didn't emphasize some of the others. And I think we really need a, a an emphasis on all five. And yeah. by the way, um, I think in John Wesley, uh, I talk about Wesley some in this book, John Wesley in his, in the practice of his ministry he had a well-orbed, integrated understanding of and engagement in all five of these. Yeah. You know, and I think he's kind of a model. And I think some of the divide in the church between, you might just say, evangelicals and charismatics on this whole issue uh, is that we, we tend to emphasize different ones of the five, but we need to kind of reclaim all of those things. Yeah, that's good. Yeah. I, yeah. That holistic approach. Um, yeah. That's really good. I want to ask you a little bit more. You kind of started to get into this. Um, when you talk about healing ministry, you just kind of back up for a moment. Are you talking about primarily physical? Are you talking about spiritual healing, emotional healing? Are you talking about all of it? And what ways are those things related to one another? You talked about that just a moment ago that there could be uh, physical things that are related to say unforgiveness or bitterness that we're harboring. How, how do these different forms of healing, how are they connected to one another? Yeah, well, they, yeah, they really are because uh, integrally bound up with each other. And, um, you, you know, I think that because we've been created in the image of God, it, we are we are physical, emotional, spiritual, mental creatures, and all these things are corrected. You know, we're body, soul, and spirit, or body and soul, however you want to cut the you, you know cut yeah. that. Um, but those two things are, are just integrally bound up together. I think first of all, healing ministry. In, in the local church and in the Christian church really covers all of these areas. You know, think about many churches that have like celebrate recovery mm. programs these days. And those programs are primarily dealing with emotional issues and, and you know, obviously addictions and that people wrestle with. Right. And those are usually means of addictions usually are ways that people medicate pain. Right. Yeah. You know, but to get to the root of those things, that's there's a, so that's a lot of emotional type, type of healing. I, I just think that healing covers the whole the church is called to be involved in. Physical healing. And this is, of course, where we work in tandem with doctors and the medical folks in that regard, but but obviously emotional healing. And and I'll tell you, uh, 
man, in the last 20 years, Matt, there's been so much uh, neuroscience hmm. that has underscored the way we are connected emotionally and physically. There's a book that's very popular among counselors today called The Body Keeps the Score. Oh, yeah, I've heard of it. I haven't read it, but I've, I've heard about that. Yeah. And, and just the title of it, uh, the title of it, it's a book about trauma, actually, but, it, you know, there's been a lot of study about trauma uh, and, and how, it, how we heal from trauma. Yeah. But just the title of that book is so, uh, I think, uh, powerful in that, you know, if you, if you don't deal with that, that, that anger or that anxiety or that resentment, or that shame, if you don't, if you don't, in a sense, bring that to the Lord, and maybe you need some folks to help you do that. But if you don't deal with that, your body will keep the score. Yeah. Uh, you know, yeah. And, yeah. and it, and it will affect, it will affect your physical health. And, and uh, the man, there's been so much over the years that's connected these things, you know. Um, so, yeah, we are just, we're fearfully and wonderfully made yeah. creatures. And uh, all these things get connected. And so sometimes uh, what, I, what I've learned to do, Matt, when I pray for people or what I like to do, someone might come to me and say, you know, pray for me. Uh, I've got arthritis in my hands right now. And it's just really, I can, I can hardly, you know, open my hand or I can't. And so they come with a need, a, a, you might just say a pressing need for, but I'm, I'm also thinking about, uh, okay, I'm going to pray for that, but I wonder how this has affect their relationship with God. Mm -hmm. Do they think maybe God's mad at them about something or have they prayed and asked God to heal them and nothing's happened? And are they mad about, are they, are they disappointed with God about that? And then I'm thinking, how's this made them feel about themselves? Has it affected their sense of self? Are they beating themselves up for this? For for this, you know. And so I might want to I might want to pray for that relationship with God. That relationship, and then maybe maybe they're even this has affected them socially with their relationships with others maybe they're embarrassed to go outside out and be in public much or you know and so i'm learning to kind of uh see this person in front of me as a whole person mm. and uh regardless of and and then sometimes when i'm praying for emotional healing i'll find myself praying for physical healing just to say lord if there's anything that's been that's affected them physically. That's been a result of this particular thing we're praying for. We want to, you know, bring that to you and ask you to heal. So I'm seeing this person as a whole person now. Yeah. You know. Um, you know. Um, uh, Jesus. I, I, as I study the healing miracles of Jesus, I see how he healed folks. He, he didn't just you know, heal diseases, which you might say has to do with germs and physical problems, but he, he, he cured, he, he was more about illnesses, you know, 
think about the woman with the issue of blood and how he heals her when she touches him. Yeah. But, it, you know, why does, why does Jesus not just let her go quietly? I mean, I don't think she wanted to be called out. Right. Right? She was probably embarrassed and ashamed and thinking he, she was going to get a good scolding. Yeah. You know? But, but when Jesus says to her, Rabbi, to, rather, when he says to her, daughter, your faith has healed you. Mm-hmm. When he uses that word daughter, mm-hmm. that's a term of endearment. And you can imagine that woman who couldn't go to a synagogue, be a part of the worshiping community because she was unclean. And you must, you, and then back in those days, people tended to think if you're sick, you must have sinned. But that one word, daughter, Jesus is not only, she's healed her physically, but now he's doing something mm. for, for her in terms of her relationship with God. And he's also restoring her to community. Yeah, that's right. In front of all those people. Yeah. You know? And I and I think that we have to think holistically like that when we uh, pray with people. Yeah, that's good. You know, I think there's a great. Uh, I mentioned this at the very beginning, but I think there is a, a increasing hunger for sort of understanding the healing nature of God, the and how to participate in healing ministry. Um, I'm just thinking the last church that we were at with Spirit and Truth traveling um, and doing one of our weekends at the at the the final evening service, uh, we were doing prayer ministry at the altar and people stayed for over an hour and a half to, to have their turn to come forward. And almost yeah. every person that came that night, we compared notes with our team, you know, I think almost every person... Uh, was crying and there was some need for healing in in some capacity of their life what they were asking for and usually it was multifaceted in the way that you're describing you know there's a spiritual uh, component there's a you know an emotional component and probably some kind of physical need as well and i just reminded me of how i think hungry people are to receive a healing touch from the lord that you know they're willing to stay till late on a Saturday night when they would never be at church anyways, just for the chance that someone might pray for them to receive that kind of a touch. And um, it kind of broke my heart that we don't, it, it reminds me of all the opportunities that I've missed in my own life to just become available in that way to people, the gift that we can offer to people in the sort of way that we can, uh, you know, embody the love and holistic sort of nature of God's healing presence that you just described in Jesus, that actually we have an opportunity to, to embody that for others as Christians who are walking in the spirit, that we can do that as well. And there's something really profound there, I think. Um, yeah. Um, yeah. And, um, you know, really for 25 years, I was involved a lot in uh, just going into local churches and doing sort of spiritual renewal weekends. Yeah. Uh, and I would generally have a healing service uh, some at, 
you know, on, like on, on Saturday night of the, of the weekend or something. And I, I just, and I just found that folks uh, are not bashful when it comes to responding, yeah. when it comes to healing needs in their lives, you know, uh, and uh, folks are hungry for that, you know, and you, and I had, that was a common experience to be there for a long time yeah. and to pray with people. And, uh, and you just realize, you know, Matt, uh, Jesus, um, going back to the Gospels and his own ministry, he was basically involved in three things. He preached, he taught, he healed. Yeah. And I think uh, the Christian church, we've done, we've done okay with the preaching and the teaching. That is to say, Jesus continues those ministries through his body, through people who preach, he preaches, and through teaching ministry, Sunday schools, all the kinds of ways we teach. Sure. And I'm, I'm not, I, know, I know we can do better on that, too, but, but we've tended to neglect, or we farmed out, you might just say, the healing ministry. And Jesus wants to continue that through his body, too, today. Uh, and. Uh, why do and you folks think that are just is? really hungry, you know, and the churches, yeah. I think, that that are growing today are churches that are meeting folks yeah. and at, at that level. Why do you think that is? Why, why has that been, at least in large swaths of the church, been such a neglected uh, area of ministry? Because, you know, I was, as I was thinking about our discussion today, one of the things I wrote down is this is this is no small part of Jesus' ministry, right? I mean, right. when you read the Gospels, this is like this isn't kind of like a small little add-on. Oh, this one time he did some healing. No, this is a consistent practice and theme throughout the book, you know. Um, of and so, why do you why do you think that, at least in our current era, that Christians have neglected this area so much? Well, you know, it's got you, you've got this history uh, that uh, after the first three centuries, the church. I think when Christianity becomes uh, the 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 religion of the Roman Empire, and things begin to cool down, John Wesley said it. It, it was because folks folks continued to have a form of godliness, but they didn't have the power yeah. anymore. So the healing, you know, if you if you study historically, you see a lot of healing miracles in the first hundred years, and then the next 200 years of church history is the church. But once the Roman Empire, once, you know, Christianity becomes the official religion, uh, you get a lot of nominalism and things. And then uh, in in the Protestant Reformation, sad to say, uh, Martin Luther and John Calvin and the Protestant reformers, they were reacting against some of the abuses that were going on in medieval Catholicism with a lot of superstition. And, you know, some of the stuff related to healing was was really more superstition than anything. And so they actually sort of said, well, the reason why healing kind of stopped was because once we got the New Testament uh, written down, they didn't really need healing anymore. 
the gospel the, the gospel could go forth just with the preaching of the word. Mm. And so, you know, the, the, the literally the, the doctrine of cessationism, yeah. which says it all kind of ended after the first century or the first three centuries. And so so God doesn't heal like that anymore. So, you know, we've been now, thankfully, we've been recovering from that really the last couple hundred years now. And and I think global the global church today, the majority world church healing has become front and center if you go all over the world and travel the world it's 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 the way so many people are actually coming to faith in christ that's right yeah Amen. yeah and so but but we still have in, in north america today in our church a lot of a lot of sort of uh well we're not so much doctrinal cessationists yeah. who don't believe at all in the possibility, but we're practical cessationists, you know? <laughs> yeah, we just don't act like it actually happened. Yeah, yeah. exactly. Right. So that's kind of, that's there's a lot more that could be said there, but I think that's been uh, part of the problem. And I think what's going on, there's been, Francis McNutt wrote a book called The Healing Reawakening. I believe there is a reawakening in the, in the, in the last 150, 200 years, little by little, uh, the Lord Jesus is kind of giving back healing ministry to his body, just like wow. the, the whole emphasis on the gifts of the spirit tended to get lost yep. for all that time. You know, well, it's like we're rediscovering things. Yeah. And uh, thankfully we live in this day and time where the opportunity is, uh, it is, is just, it's wide open and, and, and Jesus is doing heal, healing right in his body like never before it seems you know i've i've shared a, before um a little bit of my testimony with folks that i you know i tend to be a real um uh kind of black and white cerebral kind of person you know my undergrad was in engineering so my my sort of human tendency would be uh more likely to be a skeptic on supernatural things and and uh, what God did in my own life, just in his own way, just in his sovereign way of breaking in, uh, I just, he led me into some experiences that I can't unexperience. You know, I, uh -huh. I, I've seen some things and experienced things myself that are just not explainable apart from the supernatural power of God. And I can't unsee those things, you know, I can't go back. And so... Um, so I appreciate very much uh, what you are doing by giving such a, you know, a theological grounding for us to to be able to understand how how in fact God does still operate in the world. You know, that's beautiful. Um, one question I I, so I wanted to to ask: What is our role in healing, and what is God's role? Um, because you see God heal in different ways. You see it even in Jesus' ministry. And is it kind of, is it the total sovereign act of God or does somehow our actions and obedience, the way that we cooperate play some kind of a role as well? I mean, that, I think that's a, they may not phrase it that way, but that's a tricky thing that people try to, to sort through. Well, um, I, I think we play a vital and an important role in healing and, and, uh, it, and it's not because you might say 
God needs us or because God couldn't just do it sovereignly. Um, but God wants us. Mm-hmm. You know, one of the things that amazes me, Matt, is that uh, he, he desires to partner mm-hmm. with us. Going all the way back to, you know, the, the Garden of Eden, it always kind of blows my mind that God says to Adam, okay, you name the animals. <laughs> Adam, uh, I think God could have probably taken care of that on his own. <laughs> he probably didn't actually but, need a lot of help, did he? <laughs> yeah, I did. I heard it, but I heard an Old Testament call, scholar speak about that. And he said that God, from the very beginning, desires to, to, to be partners, partner with us in relationship. He yeah. wants us to be a part of this. And I really think Jesus, in a sense, almost takes more delight in partnering with us and getting him to join us in things that he's doing than as if than if he did it just himself, you know? Yeah. Uh, it's it, Intercessory prayer kind of works that way, too, doesn't it? You know, it's like the Lord moves on you to intercede for something he's going to do. <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. But he wants you to be a part of it. And, and and so so he delights, I think, in our involvement in uh in it. And um that's because that's his nature. Yeah. His nature is love, you know. And so uh, so when we don't, you know, uh when we don't obey and when we choose not to or to resist or not be involved when he's prompting us, you might say then there are times when things don't happen. Sure. I mean, uh, uh, well, he'll look for someone who will partner with him, <laughs> yeah. you yeah. know, uh, but, but that's the way I understand it. So, um, you know, uh, God wants us to partner with him. And, and, in, and in healing ministry, I understand the first chapter in, the, in this book is uh, I talk about how it's Jesus what he doesn't help us in our healing ministry, but he invites us to join him in his ministry. Mm. Yeah. And so he's the he's the principal actor. Yeah. You know. Yeah. Uh but he's he wants us to join him. And you know, we get to go along. It's like we get to go along for the ride and yeah. watch, you know? And yeah. uh, so I don't know if that that's no, kind that's of the way a- I think about that. That's good. As you're saying that, I, you know, I'm just thinking um, really gets back to the heart of love that you were talking about earlier and that isn't it just like God that, in fact, um, as you're participating in the ministry, not only is is it a blessing and uh, an opportunity for God to mediate his love to the person who's receiving healing, but in fact, he's also um bringing that about in the life of the one who is participating there's a sense in which he's bringing healing yeah. up into your own life as you partner with him to heal someone else so yeah um, yeah you know um yeah it's kind of it it, it it is it's he gets joy he takes joy in that too and then we yeah. get we enjoy we get to enjoy that you know i always think about that the miracle of the, of the changing of the water into wine and how um, when the servants take the water that had been turned into wine to the master steward, you know, um, 
and he says, uh, wow, this is better. This is the best stuff. You've, cha- you've saved it for the last. But it's, it's, it says there that the water had been turned into wine, though the, the steward didn't know that, but the servants knew. Mm. The servants who will mm. never get to taste the wine because they're just mm. nobody, you know, if you know mm. anything about how servants work in that kind of culture. But they're the chief players in the drama, and they get to see what's going on and watch this whole thing play out. And you can imagine they were just sort of chuckling, <laughs> watching this whole thing, you know. Right. Uh, and I think we become, when we, when we get to, when we partner with Jesus, you know, when, and, and it was interesting that Mary said to the servants, do whatever he tells you. Yeah. And they did, they obeyed, they, and they did. They, it was a strange command, fill those water pots up. No, Jesus, yeah. we don't need water. We need wine here. What, what's this for? You know, but yeah. they did it, and then they got to be the major players in the in the drama, and we oh, get to do that too when we partner with him. That's great. <laughs> well, I know um, we need to to wrap up here in a moment, so I wondered if we could close. If I just I love testimony, and I wondered if if there's either something from your own life or something that you've uh, seen in, in these different opportunities to participate in healing ministry, any kind of testimony that you want to share before we wrap up today? Well, I would just say that I don't think I would have ever gotten into this ministry of healing prayer. Uh, here I was a seminary professor, uh, trying to mind my own business, you know, but I had some deep childhood pain, Matt, that went back to growing up in India as a missionary kid and being sent away to a missionary boarding school and uh, being separated from my mom and dad for eight or nine months out of the year. And there was this deep loneliness, this ache of loneliness. And you were talking about being kind of cerebral uh, uh, earlier, well, I kind of, I was, I shut down a lot of my hurt and my emotions, and I just sort of learned to soldier on yeah. and live out of my head. But when I was about 40 years old, and, and actually, uh, we were struggling with one of our kids at the time. He was, you know, sh- our, 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 make really making life difficult for with us as we were dealing yeah. with some of his pain and god used that whole thing to sort of shake me and through the help of a, a counselor friend i began to to connect with and and as i just realized there was a lot of hurt there and invited the holy spirit to, co- to begin to connect me with it and out of that came a recognition that I'd kind of put this coconut shell around my heart hmm. to to protect myself. Yeah. And praise God, you know, a, a couple of seminary students uh, in my office uh, one afternoon laid hands on me and prayed for me. Hmm. And Jesus kind of came and cracked the coconut. <laughs> <laughs> uh. And as a result of connecting, I think, with my own suffering and pain, uh, he not only began to heal my heart, 
And that's been a long, ongoing journey. Uh, but he gave me eyes to see the suffering of others. Yes. And I began, and 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 I and then they seemed to know that I knew. And they began to knock on my door. Uh, to, to to want to talk to me about issues in their life. Yeah. And so uh, that's one of the beautiful things about uh, Jesus. Uh, he heals, but he, he not only wants to heal our wounds, but he wants to take them and use them for his glory. And our wounds can become wounds that heal. Amen. Yeah. Amen. I know there was a big, um, there's a big chunk of my life where I didn't really have any any sense of value for what can happen when one believer just lays hand on another person and prays for God to move. And I know I've experienced in my own life uh, that that very thing has transformed my life um, yeah. because God can do miraculous things when people are just available and obedient. And and that might be a good uh, word for your listeners just to to say, you know, when folks are sharing with you about things, uh, uh, feel feel free. The Lord prompts you at all just to say, hey, can I pray for you right now? Yeah. Just to you maybe lay your hand on their shoulder or, or just whatever and just just pray for them. Yeah. Uh, because Jesus may want to be using you to convey his love and his healing power to them. Amen. So don't don't be reticent. Go for it. Amen. Love it. <laughs> well, I'd like to, to close by asking you to pray for the folks listening, if that's all right. Um, and um, I want to encourage folks uh, to look. Uh, this podcast will be coming out. Uh, here be probably before the book is released so look for the book to come out in september follow the healer by dr steve siemens you can uh, find it through zondervan and seedbed i'm sure it'll be available on amazon and so uh, you can probably pre-order that right now actually and so go and uh, uh, check that out and um, i know i'm looking forward to, to reading it myself and i think it's going to be just a tremendous resource uh, for the church and so thank you for your willingness to to share today and for your willingness to lead the church in this important work, um, not just not just in your teaching, but in the way that you embody it within your life. It's been it's been a great encouragement to me and I know to many others. So thank you, Dr. Siemens, for that. Uh, Thanks, Matt. Let, 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 let's pray together. We uh, we just thank you, Jesus. That you uh, you love us with an everlasting love. Mm. Uh, and um, you, uh, you are passionate about us and, uh, and, 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 and you want to see us thrive and experience fullness and joy. And it's out of your great love. You don't just send a Hallmark card, mm. but you came, you lived among us, and your wounds now can touch our wounds and bring healing to our hearts. And so we pray even now, Lord, that someone who might be listening to this right now, 
even in this moment, you could touch your wounds to their wounds. And that your healing presence, your healing light could just lift the darkness from their soul, from their body, from their mind. And that they would experience your healing love for them. And that you would bless them. We pray for your church that we would join you, Jesus, in this ministry, that you are inviting us to participate with you. And we say, Lord, here we are. Help yourself to us. We give you thanks and praise for all that you do for us, Lord Jesus. We pray this in your holy name. Amen. Amen. That's been our episode for today, you guys. Thank you so much for listening. And thank you to Dr. Steve Siemens for being our guest. If you would like to support the mission and ministry of Spirit and Truth, head on over to our website, spiritandtruth.life slash give. There you'll find all of the information you need to support us. Also, while you're there, don't forget to register for one of our three conferences this year. We have three locations, one in Mobile, Alabama, one in Conroe, Texas, and of course, one in our hometown of Dayton, Ohio. Registrations for all three are open and spaces are filling up, so be sure to get your slot. All right, you guys, we'll come back to you in the next conversation.